0: Imagine a person standing in the center of a universe that he has created. All of the roads lead to him. To get near him is to be drawn into the vortex of his selfishness. Me, my, and I describe his primary relationships and his daily thoughts. He has st- self-esteem on steroids. His self interest have run amok. Paul's appeal to him in Philippians to esteem others as more significant than himself is a parallel universe in which he does not live. He is a human sucking machine. His preferences and preoccupations draw you into his orbit and overpower you. I suspect you do not know anyone like this, but I do. I have just described my tendencies. During any moment of any given day, I can be like this. This was a trick introduction. If your mind jumped to someone else, then you have missed, well, you were tricked. We should address the log in our own eye before we begin to go speck fishing. And the truth is, apart from the grace of God, I have just described every human on the planet. I want to talk about what our culture calls narcissism in this podcast. You can just say this. It is selfishness, self-centeredness on steroids. The title of the article is Addressing the Little Bit of Narcissism in All of Us. Welcome to the podcast. I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me. You can find me in my cyber home, rickthomas.net. If you want to read this article, I have a complete word-by-word transcript that you can find on our website, and you are welcome to read it. There's an infographic here also, and then I have some articles for you to read, four of them. Uh, You can do a deeper dive, if you wish, into this idea of self-centeredness, something that plagues all of us. I am calling it narcissism in uh, this podcast. Again, find the article addressing the little bit of narcissism in all of us. I want to jump right into that, but I want to thank a couple people and then answer a question that... Uh, has been sent in to us. But I want to thank Sean uh, for his $10 monthly recurring uh, supporting membership. Jill, thank you for your $5 monthly recurring membership. And then KJ... KJ was a supporting member a long time ago, and he came back this week at $5 a month. Thank you so much, KJ, for supporting this ministry. Those of you who did in the past, (laughs) the door is always open. We never close the door on our supporting members, and we would love for you to come back. Also, Stephanie, thank you for your $50 recurring, uh, annual recurring membership, and then I'm not sure if I'm going to get this right, but Ging, Ging, thank you for your $5 recurring membership as well. And then I want to thank Adrienne for her $20 donation that she made. You can do that. You don't have to be a supporting member, but if you believe in what we are doing and want to help us do it, you can. Uh, make a donation like Adrienne did. For uh, She gave a one-time donation of $25. The reason this is important, let me share with you the most common complaint that we have about this ministry. It is is tied to our website. Our website is a, a source of sinful temptation for some people because there are some things that need to be addressed, and I am well aware of it. I have a proposal that has just come in uh, to rebuild our website from the ground up and to take care of what I hope will be 98% of the problems that people struggle with. The issue is, is that we have way more people that we can handle. Now, I don't want you to stop coming. I don't want you to hear in that message that we don't want you to be here Uh, But with multiplied thousands of people coming to us every day, it has outrun the capability of our brick and mortar. Our brick and mortar is our cyber uh, website our sanctification center, and the, the proposal that just came in is $20,000, and that's what it's going to take uh, to build a new website. It'll take a little bit more than that, but uh, that will cover most of it, and so if you want to help, and that's why I mention uh, these people here, Ging, you're helping us to build a website, Stephanie and KJ and Jill and, and Sean. And so if you can uh, donate or become a supporting member, I want you to know what you're doing. You're helping thousands of people by the grace of God. That's what he wants to do with this ministry, and I find that quite exciting. So please pray about this new uh, thing that we are undertaking, our brick-and-mortar building, our cyber center uh, we need a, a huge upgrade. Uh, also, I want to answer a question about uh, my books. Uh, someone wrote in, and they said that I read your book. I've been talking about it and how God has used it to make some significant transformation in my life. And I've got a group of ladies that want to buy books, and I wonder if you have a discount. The book you can get in the Amazon store for $15.00. And so we do have, uh, you can get a discount if you buy more, 10 or more books, you can get them for $12 a piece. And so we can uh, reduce the cost by $3 uh, per book. And so if you want to buy 10 or more copies of the books that we currently have on Amazon, the paperback books I'm talking about, uh, send an email to us and let us know, and we'll be glad to talk you through that. Now, that doesn't include shipping, and so you do have to factor that in. If you live right down the street from me, I'll I'll take them to you. (laughs) But if you live in China or Russia or the Philippines and many other places, and we go into every country in the world, and so depending on where you live, there may be a shipping. The shipping may be uh, higher than what it would be if you, if you were mailing within uh, the contiguous United States. But if you want to talk about that, shoot me an email, and you can get those books in bulk at twelve dollars a piece. Let's talk about narcissism. The title of the podcast, Addressing the Little Bit of Narcissism in All of Us. He's a human sucking machine. His preferences and preoccupations draw you into his orbit and overpower you. As I said, I suspect you you don't know anyone like this, or do you? I have described my tendencies and what they could be if it weren't for the grace of God, I am the most selfish person that I know. And I hope that you can say that about yourself. (laughs) If you say that I'm the most selfish person that you know, well then let me adjust that log in your eye because you are missing something tremendous. But me from my chair, from my view, the window through which I look out, As I think about myself, I am the most selfish person that I know, and though I do not consider myself a narcissist, I'm I'm not because of the grace of God, where everything does revolve around me, that is not my lifestyle because of the grace of God, I am acutely aware of how selfish I can be. Now, maybe you're not a narcissist either, but you can be selfish. Let me define narcissism for you. There are three lines. The first line is, life is all about me. That's classic narcissism. The second line is, life is to fulfill my dreams. That's optimism. And so you have narcissism and optimism as defined as life is to fulfill my dreams. And then you have deism. God exists to give me what I want. And so you could say that narcissism, to give you a, a DMS uh, label, because we like our labels, you can call it an NOD disorder. Narcissism, narcissism optimism, and deism. Life is about me, narcissism. Life is to fulfill my dreams, optimism. And God exists to give me what I want, deism, NOD. And that is an awful place to be. In the kingdom of the Lord, there has been a revolt against the divine. Rather than humans, human beings living to serve and worship their great creator and sovereign ruler of the universe, we decided that we want a piece of the action ourselves. Forgetting our purpose in God's kingdom is at the heart of the narcissistic worldview. In our unique ways... We began blazing self-centered and self-actualized paths through life. Narcissism is the fuel that goes in the vehicle. The vehicle is the heart, and narcissism is the fuel that energizes the heart toward self-focused outcomes. A major tenet in the narcissist modus operandi is the realization of no limits. He can do anything. His soul craves. Though the eye is never full of seeing and the ear is never full of hearing, as, as we read in Ecclesiastes 1, eight, the narcissist will die t- while trying to fulfill both his eyes, to fill up both his eyes and his ears to their gluttonous capacities. Life is fundamentally about him rather than the Lord. When he reads Romans 11.36, let me quote it, to you, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. The narcissist thinks that verse is about him. He is a human Disney world where all dreams come true. You You remember what King Nebuchadnezzar said in Daniel Is not this great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? Can you feel the narcissism in that verse? Well, he was eating grass with the animals shortly after that. Let me give you another illustration about my friend Mabel, who is a narcissist. Though she has friends, their primary purpose is to serve her. Because of her self-interest, Mabel has little discernment or perception of the needs of others. She can walk into a room and never perceive how to serve those right in front of her. She has what I call no peripheral vision. She has tunnel vision that really just focuses on her heart. And when it comes to other people, she has no peripheral vision. If she sees anything, it is only a mirror. That reflects her desires. She exhausts her friends. Frankly, she wears them down as she moves through life like a flitting bee who goes from flower to flower, sucking the nectar. It is always about her. It is always about her drama. She rarely asks how others are doing. And if she does ask, you know why she asks. It's only a matter of minutes that she turns to conversation and where she's talking about herself again. The asking about others is just a, a method so that it's an on-ramp to where she can eventually turn around and, and have the conversation all about her. Self-centeredness is only the tip of the iceberg for the narcissist. What you see is not all you get. Now, if you're going to expose narcissism, you have to think underneath the surface of the narcissist's life. And that was indeed the case for Mabel. Because you know so much about the self-absorbed person's life, you can think that you know them because they talk about themselves all the time. And that's where we need discernment. Because the truth is, you do not know them. You only know the narrative that they control. The talking narcissist like this is controlling the narrative they, You know an image of them. You know their reputation, the specific things that they project into the world. The truth is, when you're interacting with a person like Mabel, you're not interacting with the true Mabel. You're interacting with her representative, the highly controlled image she puts forth to impress you. All of that verbiage, all of that talking— is all external and it is a facade, but there is an underworld of her life that's always kept hidden. There are secrets that she will not reveal to you. Her life has an air of fakery about it. There is a perceived degree of artificiality and disingenuousness to her, and this air creates relational barriers between her and others. True relatability, where you really know someone. I'm talking about koinonia now. It's not possible. Not with a person like Mabel. Not until she decides that she is going to become the things that make relationships real. Let me give you a list If these things characterize you, then you are a relatable person and you're not presenting a facade for others. You're not trying to control the narrative because you're scared. But a person who is relatable and they want to make relationships real, this is what characterizes them. Here's the list. Humility, transparency, vulnerability, honesty, integrity, And personal ownership for personal sins. Rarely will a selfish person be self-disclosing about what is real about them. Typically, the way this happens, the way that they get to the place of of self-disclosure is the Lord has to expose them. And that was the case with Mabel. The police arrested her for illegally buying medications. She was a secret addict to prescription drugs. Mabel later said that being arrested was the most humiliating experience of her life and and I'm sure it was, but she was also grateful because she refused to let others into her secret world. She would not do it. You see Mabel was a Christian authentically. She was a Christian. In her heart of hearts, she knew she was fake, but she did not want to come out from behind that facade of fakery. And so God, in his mercy, exposed her. She was busted for illegally buying medications. How kind of the Lord. That's kind of what he did to Nebuchadnezzar. After all that boasting, he found himself eating with the animals. And so as Mabel's counseling progressed, she wanted to know how she could become other-centered. Being all about herself was all she knew. Genuinely loving and serving others, it was not her strength. It was not her habit. It was not even her desire. Remember the human sucking machine that I described earlier? I told Mabel that she needed to learn how to walk in the illuminating and empowering ability of the Spirit. Now, this is hard for insecure people. They want structure. They want a list. They want to know how to move forward, and they want to know the outcome because they are insecure. And basically, I told Mabel some of the worst news that she could hear. She needed to learn how to walk in the illuminated and empowering ability of the Spirit. When your life is steeped in selfishness, being illuminated and empowered by the Spirit of God is not normal. You see, God gives favor and power to the humble, but He builds an opposing army around and against the proud of heart. Mabel had been living in God's resistance all her adult life. She did not know how to humble herself before the Lord or give herself up to the control of someone else, especially the Spirit of God, because that's what I was asking her. You got to stop trying to control your own life. Give yourself up to the control of the Holy Spirit That's why I said you need to learn how to walk in the illuminating and empowering ability of the Spirit. She had always managed her life according to her desires and her wants and her cravings. She protected and she controlled her life, especially those aspects she did not want others to know. I was appealing to her to let the Spirit of God manage her affairs According to his desires, I was pressing her to give up control of her life while relinquishing the desire to protect her highly guarded image. Now, fortunately, God tore her down. He broke down those walls by exposing her through the arrest. The first thing Mabel did was... I asked her to build an other-centered list. Now, I know building a list doesn't sound too pneumatic, too empowering and illuminating, but I want you to follow my logic here. She began writing down things that she could do, like, say, around her parents' home. On Tuesday, Mabel folded the clothes. Check. On Wednesday, she cooked a meal. Check. On Thursday, she ran errands check that off too, and so forth. This list, it was not a spirit-empowered or illuminated list. It was a behavioral modification system for change. Please stay with me. But Mabel had to begin somewhere, and amputating... The bad things from her life while putting on good things was an excellent start for someone who was so ensconced in selfishness. Mabel was trying hard to break the bondage of selfishness that had captured her mind. The to-do list was okay with me, as long as she understood the pitfalls of being a list-centered Christian. Lists are static and lifeless. If left alone, they eventually become legalism, a rote religion that eliminates the spirit-filled requirements of walking with the Lord. Checking items off a list require little thought or effort. Now, yes, I understand that danger. It's kind of like working on a production line. You have so many widgets you have to produce in a day, so you create them. Is painting by numbers, a restrictive exercise that removes creativity, imagination, skill, and personal growth. Walking in the Spirit is life without boundaries. It is an in-the-moment adventure. You never know from where or when the Spirit will show up in your life. You live in a perpetual dependence upon him to give you direction. Now, this is where I wanted to take her. This is where I wanted to see her go. But she was so far into her selfishness, I had to give her rails like rehab for her to walk between to hold herself up. The way I explained it to Mabel was like, imagining every situation in your life as an opportunity to respond with a yes or a no to God. I mean, think about every moment in your life. For example, suppose the Spirit of God was motivating you to give a word of encouragement to a friend. Let's say you're at Walmart, you're at the grocery store, you're at the church meeting on Sunday, and the Spirit of God was motivating you to go to that friend and give them an encouraging, encouraging word. That moment Becomes an opportunity for you to say yes or no to the Spirit's illumination. Now think about this. If you say yes and offer a word of encouragement, you are not quenching the Spirit of God. You are not grieving the Spirit of God. You are saying yes to the Spirit of God. He illuminated your mind and you responded in the affirmative and did what you believe he wanted you to do. Your obedience moves you forward And it moves you upward with the Lord. And as you move forward and upward by responding in the affirmative to the Lord, you have more light now. If you were to say no and withhold your encouragement from a friend, you would quench your fellowship with the Spirit of God. And you would strain and restrict what he could do through you. Your resistance to the Spirit of God would not reward you with more light. God will not give more light to a person who refuses to walk in the light that is before him or her. You would continue to experience darkness, which is the world of the selfish person. This is the world that Mabel had been walking in for years. It's the narcissistic world of darkness by always resisting, quenching, grieving God. But now she has a checklist, two rails in rehab that she can walk between so that she can train herself, retrain herself I have a graphic here. If you want to go to this article, you can look at this graphic and it it illustrates this idea of what it means to walk in the spirit and how you can always move forward and trend upward. Let me give you an illustration. Recently I said something unkind to Lucia. The spirit of God convicted me of my sin. In that precise moment was my opportunity to respond to God. Now, you have had many of these opportunities yourself you said something unkind harsh impatient with somebody however it came out of your mouth in that moment the spirit of god eliminates your mind he brings conviction he says you need to stop pull up if i say yes to the spirit and repent to god and repent to lucia guess what he gives me more favor But if I would have said no to him and no to her, the Lord's favor would have been diminished in my life. You're heading into narcissism. You're not moving forward and upward. You're moving backward and downward. Walking in the spirit is far more exciting, intriguing, adventurous than having a list that you can check off. If I only had a list of to-dos, I would have missed that spirit illuminated and an empowering opportunity to walk with God, to be blessed by God, to grow in my relationship with Lucia, and to have more light for future decisions. You see, walking in the spirit, there will be junctures in your life where you have an opportunity to respond correctly to God the key for you is to always be trending upward. If you are praying for God's illuminating power in your life, if you're constantly choosing the right response, your overall trend will be up and your relationship with God and others will be maturing. And that is what I wanted Mabel to come to eventually, where she can set her list down and live in those pneumatic moments where God is working in her life and she's responding in the affirmative. For a person to move from one being a self-centered narcissist, two, to work from a duty list like I gave Mabel, three, to being empowered moment by moment by the Spirit of God, the following five steps must be in place. Here are five steps I want you to think about to move from being a self-centered narcissist to working with a list to being empowered moment by moment by the Spirit of God. Step number one, understand the problem. Understand the problem. We're all selfish. If there is not divine and community, your friends, intervention and instruction. Step number two, own and confess your selfishness to God and others. Ask the Lord to forgive you and begin immediately to live in the freedom of God's forgiveness. So step number one, understand the problem. We're all selfish. Step number two, own and confess your selfishness. Step number three, plead. Plead. With the Father, to open your eyes to the needs of others, those outside of your me, my, and I world. Ask the Father to show you how to serve others. You see, if you own and confess selfishness, God will give you favor. He will begin to give you opportunities to serve others. Number four, when the Spirit shows you how you can serve others, choose yes and do not quench the work that He is doing in your mind. And then step number five, prepare your heart to look for the small things, to respond to with a yes, to live most of your life. You see, you live most of your life in the mundane moments. Every moment of the day, there is an opportunity to respond rightly to God. They are all over the place if you look for them. And so if you want to move from a self-centered person to a duty list— to being empowered moment by moment by the Spirit of God. Number one, understand the problem, you're selfish. Uh, Number two, own it, confess it to God and confess it to somebody close by you. Number three, plead with the Father to open your eyes to the needs of others. Number four, when the Spirit shows you these needs of others, choose yes. Don't quench, don't grieve. Number five, prepare your heart to look for all the small things that are around you. I have more to this podcast. There's a call to action section. There is a a prayer. Let me share that prayer with you, by the way. Dear Father, help me to be sensitive to your spirit. Show me what you are up to and how I am to respond to the things you bring before me on a moment-by-moment basis. Give me the grace to choose like Jesus would when those moments come. I want to be your other-centered servant because I'm not here for myself i am here for others to serve them i want to bless you and i want to bless others a short prayer there is more here there's an infographic there are links here the title of the podcast addressing the little bit of narcissism in all of us if you want to talk about this or something else we have free community forums for you jump on private forums for supporting members